Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Maybe we'll just make this our new studios. It's a pretty nice setup in here. And guess what they have in here? And they have TVs on top of TVs, <laughs> which I can appreciate. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So... I like Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, brought to you by Baker Sports. It's got a nice ring to it, rolls Baker off Sporting the tongues. i got to ask Josh Baker, does he like Baker Sports or Baker Sporting Goods? It says Baker Sporting Goods, but I feel like I say Baker Sports a lot. Yeah. You get the idea. But Baker yeah. Sporting Goods is everywhere, so we might as well say that. We're basically uh, right here at Baker Sporting Goods, which is, what do you say, about a good driver away from the studio anyway oh yeah i mean it's pretty close by pretty convenient for for both of us really yeah absolutely so uh you see the showroom right behind us uh where you were asking me you said you said is this where everybody kind of gets their uniforms and stuff yep uniforms helmets gloves bats uh this is the place and a uh, cool story here at baker's sporting goods uh, how josh baker got it going and now it's a monster uh here in the area and beyond really uh all across the uh, southeast so get ready man you say ronan's playing basketball and yep. baseball and he'll play football and all these sports you'll know these guys on oh, a first no, name basis sure. well i'm pretty sure because i mean <laughs> you know we, we've been to some youth football games like as spectators and i recognize some of the jerseys already so yeah we're uh I'm sure we're going to be in this environment here in the next couple of years or so. Well, here's the deal. Uh, part of the reason we're here is uh, Baker Sports, part of our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 card, uh, which is right here. I have it with me. Discounted golf, but in addition to discounted golf, there's also some free stuff, and that includes a free shirt. If you uh, come by Baker's Sporting Goods and you have a golf card and you purchase one, then you get a, a Dream 18 shirt. Just like that for yeah. nothing. Same thing goes for Dome Hat, so you can go over there and get a free hat with a Dream 18 card. And uh, Smoothie King as well, participating uh, Smoothie Kings, a free smoothie. So it's more than just a golf card. And by the way, right now it's 45 bucks. Uh, great Father's Day gift, basically on the clearance shelf mm-hmm. as we uh, wind down the Dream 18 card of 2021. So you can utilize it for the next seven months still. Uh, but uh, go check it out on ESPN690.com. A super gift and an unbelievable value, I will tell you that. You don't even really need to play the golf to get the value for the card. So uh, that's how good of a value it is. Uh, right now, check out the Dream 18 card, ESPN690.com. Uh, uh, NBA, uh, some pretty good games again last night. The Lakers get it done. We got a series, the defending champs, mm-hmm. not dead just yet. So uh, we'll bring Kuz into the conversation, a little driving dish podcast when it comes to the NBA. Jaguars out there for OTAs. This was supposed to be the day we were supposed to be out there mm-hmm. from noon to 2. Well, it got moved earlier in the week until tomorrow. So that will be the first time we get to go out there. Uh, Marcel Robinson and others uh, caught up with Trevor Lawrence yesterday. The story was out there today. Uh, he was presenting the Gatorade Player of the Year in football, um, his trophy and presentation and that award, and talked a little football on the way uh, as well with, with the folks that were on that Zoom call. And, of course, mentioned Tim Tebow. And, you know, it's interesting dynamic, and we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence. We have that sound. But remember about a week ago it was some folks that thought, I think it was Tannenbaum, right? We're talking about Tannenbaum saying, yeah. hey, I bet Trevor Lawrence's camp is all mad about the Tebow stuff, and we didn't really buy into that. No, no. Uh, and just because Trevor Lawrence comes out and says, hey, man, it's cool. Um, you know, Nobody works hard. A guy's in awesome shape. Now mm-hmm. we'll see what he can do is essentially what he said. Doesn't mean maybe the camp wasn't mad. It doesn't 100% deny that. 
I just never bought it from Tannenbaum in this situation. Uh, and I think Trevor Lawrence kind of backed that up, at least in his words, over the last day. So we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence. But really no surprise. I mean, we talked about that. Trevor Lawrence is... This isn't even if even if the Jags do what you don't want them to do and take him out. Trevor Lawrence isn't concerned about his job. He's not yeah. concerned about the fans saying we want Tebow or embracing Tebow or liking Tebow. Trevor Lawrence has lived that life, man. He knows that life, and he's fully confident in what he can do. I, I think you could bring Aaron Rodgers down here, and Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be mad. I think he's so confident <laughs> in his abilities. No, for sure, for sure. Hopefully, if that happens in a couple of years, um, he won't be that confident. No, with Trevor Lawrence, like he's not going to let a tight end three, tight end four live rent-free in his head. Now, obviously, with Tim Tebow, it comes with the you know the media circus and all that follows that. But, no, I mean, like, I, I think you know Trevor Lawrence had a pretty standard answer. And it's the answer that you're looking for. You know, he's not taking anything personally by Urban Meyer bringing him on the team. I think he understands what Urban Meyer is trying to do. He understands that you know his job um, threatened at all by Tim Tebow, nor should it be. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is he's all, essentially being the ultimate teammate right now, which he has to be. Um, he's still meeting everybody and trying to get that team, you know, that team core start to be uh, established now and stuff. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like the answer. I think it was a pretty standard answer. I wasn't gonna expect them to say, well, yeah, t- I don't like Tim Tebow here. It's taken away from me. Like, no. I think Trevor Lawrence is a guy that goes about his business, keeps his head down, and just uh, does what he has to do. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that hit me today. I was kind of looking ahead to tomorrow and saying, okay, how big of a story is this going to be tomorrow? You get the number one draft pick in the 2021 class going OTAs in front of the media for the first time. We're on the verge of uh, mini camp and then training camp. Got to see him a little bit already out at rookie rookie camp, but for like an hour. Mm-hmm. But this feels a little bit bigger than the rookie camp, you know, at least when we get to see. He's already been out there a little bit with these guys, so it's not new to him, but it'll be new to everybody else. It'll be new to the cameras that are capturing this, so that way it will feel new to the fans. So I'm just trying to think, okay, how big is that story? That's the number one overall pick. Potentially you could say he's the number one guy on the roster right now. Of course. And then the story tomorrow really might even be overshadowing Trevor Lawrence because it's about the 90th man on the roster. It, yeah. it for it, it kind of is whether we whether we think it is or not it will be tomorrow and here's why. This will be the first time any video has been captured of Tim Tebow playing tight end in the NFL. Like outside of a little experiment here or there in a game. I mean, this is him playing tight end. So again, get used, get ready for it tomorrow. It's my heads up for you folks that if you're not big on this story, it's going to be another major story tomorrow. I, I can tell you this: we've had people from Fox Sports and other sports calling since last week saying, "Hey, you guys out there? You out there? You get they're not asking about Trevor Lawrence video. They've seen him throw. For they sure. haven't seen Tim Tebow catch and, and block and do all those kind of things, and we're number 85. So yeah. it's going to be a big story tomorrow. I think it will die down a little bit after that, and there will be another big hit probably once camp comes around, no doubt, and fans can even go. But I think tomorrow the story, despite having the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, is going to be the 90th guy in the roster in Tim Tebow. No, it, it, it definitely will, especially if Trevor Lawrence won't be 100% throwing and all that stuff. So you may not get to see a lot of the great optics um, you know, of him going through the drills and everything. At the same time, though, I'll be honest. You know, I get people are going to come out and say tomorrow, and, and they have every right to say, we're tired of Tim Tebow. We're tired of a, of a third-string or fourth-string tight end getting the love over Trevor Lawrence right now, getting a love over this draft class, getting a love over Urban Meyer. Like, why are we talking about Tim Tebow? And and I get it. Like, I get it from that fan's perspective. Who's tired? Now, at the same time, um, 
he is the polarizing figure. People tune in and watch it. People interact with the story. So I get from the terms of media outlets pumping up that narrative and pumping up that story. But at the end of the day, when we're in Houston week one and everyone's coming off the field, whether they won or they lost, the cameras, the microphones, they will all be on Trevor Lawrence because he is the quarterback going forward of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And right now, it's a it's a great story. It's a you know all this stuff. It could be a Disney movie one day if Tim Tebow makes the makes the team. We'll see. But get, get I, I guess I'm just trying to say get get all the, the the hype and get all the the circus out of the way right now because once the season starts and if the Jaguars do find success, I don't care you know if he's getting one catch, two catches, three catches a game. This, the, the cameras will be back on Trevor Lawrence. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I, well, I agree with that, too. I, I think in the long view and the big picture, uh, no doubt, Trevor Lawrence is king. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's the most important player Tebow is. I'm just saying tomorrow, because of the newness of it, because of the Tebow nature of it, but also the freshness of it, I think there will be... Uh, we, have got, we have a lot of video in our files, okay, on TV and CBS 47 and Fox 30 of Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of him wearing 85 and catching passes as a tight end. Sure. All right. Sure. So that is going to be the buzz tomorrow, even though it will be the third time he's been out there in an OTA. Uh, probably what, like the fourth or fifth time he's been a, out there with his teammates. Yeah. So it's not new to them, but it will be new to us, therefore new to the fans, therefore new to the storylines. And it will have everybody buzzing. It will be a national storyline uh, tomorrow, no doubt. But I think you're exactly right. Trevor Lawrence wins the day. He's the story of the year in Jacksonville, and especially going into this football season. So uh, we will uh, certainly keep an eye on it. By the way, uh, this uh, in from uh, some of the national guys in the last hour, uh, the owners have said that training camp will have rosters of 90 players uh, for this camp. And remember last year, it was only 80 players. Yes. So that is, I kind of forgot about that. Mm -hmm. That was a little bit different. Uh, So they will have 90 players, and I want to just make sure I have this right. To start training camp, Source said, with cuts to 85 on August 17th, 80 on August 24th, and 53 on August 31st. Okay. So So they're slowly trimming down the roster by the end of August. Keep in mind, years past, they used to do two cuts. Then they eliminated that middle cut and made it just like whatever it was, Labor Day weekend, September 3rd or something, and they got down to 53. Is that first cut, would that be after the first preseason game? Yes, yes, it would. Uh, So you get a preseason game, then you cut five guys, and then you basically get preseason game game again, and you cut down to 80, and then... After that third preseason, preseason game, right okay. before the season, kind of in between, you get a little bit of a, a grading period, and then you got to get down to uh, 53. Yeah. Uh, Tom Pelissero also saying this, amidst COVID challenges in 2020, many teams opened camp with 80-man roster. That's an extra 300-plus players on rosters to start the camp across the National Football League because they're back up to 90. Uh, the progressive cutdowns occur on the Tuesday after each preseason game with only three preseason games. Final cuts are four days earlier than normal, and that's the case. I always think it's around Labor Day, yeah. right around September 3rd or something like that, well, it will be in the end of August instead. So the calendar changes just a little bit, and that's a little unique. We go from 90 to 85 to 80. be an interesting process to uh, watch. Do we know where the practice squad stands? Is it going to be the same as last year? That's a very good that, question. As yeah. I'm reading that, I was thinking that yeah. out loud, too, and I don't. I have not seen anything. Okay. Maybe, they, maybe they haven't announced it yet. They either haven't announced it, and I'm assuming if they're just getting word about the roster sizes, that's coming next mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. Do you like what they did last year with the practice squad? 
uh, in terms of extending it, having more opportunities, number one, but also the ability to pull a couple of guys up on Sunday. Yeah. A couple of times I think they could use that for each player. I think it was like up to two times mm-hmm. before they would have to keep him on the roster uh, permanently. You know, it, Otherwise, they could bring him up for the game and then put him back down on the practice squad yeah. two different times. Do you like the way they utilized the practice squad last year? Again, amidst COVID-19, yeah. that helped prompt that. So I do like the fact that you know more guys are getting an opportunity, more guys are making good money. Anytime you can do that, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, like the biggest thing to me with practice squad is that these guys aren't getting treated like pawns. Because like you said, you, you could bring a guy up for a game and then put him back on the practice squad for another game, right? Well, if you do that, he makes salary for, I think, that one game, maybe yes. a little bit in two games, and then he goes back to making practice squad salary, which I want to say is like a third, maybe even a fourth of what you'd be making in a regular game. Oh, I think it's even or less it, than it that. It could be less. I thought it was one-fourth, but it's, it's, it could be less well, than you that. You might know better than yeah, me. Yeah, uh, but it could be less than that. So, you know, that's... That's teams that, that can shift a little bit depending on injuries and all that, and essentially you're treating a practice squad guy like a pawn, which I get it. He sometimes he's not part of the team, but he's still, you know, he's still a grown man. And then they bring him up, bring him back down, bring him up again. Um, you know, you're doing your, himself, himself a disservice. And also keep in mind too with these practice squad guys, you have to play. I think it still this still stands. You have to play in three games per year to get tenured for a year. Right, and then to get tenured means that if you play in three seasons of tenure, then you earn your pension. That's that's like the big number. That's the big goal. It's a huge deal. is three seasons tenured, three tenured seasons, right? So if you bring a practice squad guy guy up and you have him out on the game day roster for one game, and then you put him back down, well, if he finishes that season on the practice squad and doesn't get called up again. That's not an eligible season for him, and and that's not a tenured season. So, you know, he's essentially one more year away from getting his pension. So that's why I like the guys. If you bring them up, keep them up, or at least keep them up for those three to four games so they can qualify for that one year of accredited seasons towards their pension, um, and you don't play games and bring them back down again. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. I don't know if they'll keep that. One, yeah, because it's sure. extra money. Uh, even though it's extra bodies and opportunity, it seems very little money in the NFL. Uh, but I think this was so COVID-related. Now, could they still keep it just in case? I mean, who knows? You can't rule out any bit of COVID unequivocally, you know, for the fall of 2021. So maybe they do keep it. I'd like to see them keep it. I kind of like it. I, I like you get a taste of that. Guy gets a game check. That ain't a bad little bonus, by the way, if he's doing well. And, therefore, maybe you get a few more guys with opportunities to uh, stick in the NFL. There's not a lot of jobs out there for that anyway, and a lot of people vying for those jobs. Hey, the other story today, uh, this isn't really a major story, but this morning uh, the NFL and the Jags released the preseason schedule. We knew the opponents, right? It was Cleveland at New Orleans at Dallas. Basically what this did is we know the times. And this is a 7 o'clock game on Saturday, August 14th. The Monday nighter, we already knew, is going to be 8 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, And then a 1 o'clock game at Dallas. On Sunday the 29th, the, the, the two game, the first and third game are on CBS 47, uh, your official home for Jags football on the TV side. I, I guess I'm a little interested in the 1 o'clock game. I want to get it from kind of your perspective. You think about preseason games, and they do it at night normally. Yes, yes. Uh, you got the Monday night game in there, obviously, so that's a prime timer uh, for the Jags in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? As a player, do you like that as a coach? Do you like the fact that you're getting different times, 7 o'clock and 8 o'clocker, uh, a Saturday and a Monday? 
uh, which those days do float around. It's usually like Thursday, Friday, or Saturday in the preseason. Yeah. But then the 1 o'clock game against Dallas, which makes it seem like, hey, let's get everybody in their routine, or at least let's get the Jags in their routine to play 1 o'clock on a, on a Sunday afternoon yeah. two weeks before the season starts. So from the players' perspective, what I always found out is that we actually like playing the night games because they, did, they, yeah. they, they take you back to a little bit of like Friday night lights, right? Now, obviously, it's not on Friday nights usually, but it's just, I don't know, there's something about playing at night underneath the lights. Um, granted, you know, the crowd's not 100%, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it's cool to be a part of. From a coach's perspective, I feel like they couldn't hate it more, right? Because um, if, if it is a night game, well, then you got to take into account, okay, so then what is tomorrow's schedule going to be like? Are, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, are we traveling we back home. home? Yeah. How banged up are our guys going to be? Do we give them the day off? So I, I always felt like it, it was hard for coaches because, once again, we're all creatures of habit, and if you play too many you know, prime time games, those 7, 8 o'clock games, it's going to kind of throw you off your routine a little bit. Now, some teams have five prime time games, six prime time <laughs> yeah. games. Check out the New Orleans Saints and get back to me. But with the Jaguars and Urban Meyer, you understand you'd be playing a lot of 1 o'clock games. So, actually, I do like that 1 o'clock preseason game. That's the third one, correct? That is the third one, So, yeah. that's going to be a, a nice transition. Now, you're not going to get all your starters in that game, obviously. Yeah. But, like, you're going to get the schedule underway. You're going to see what works in the pregame warm-ups and uh, the team meals, all that stuff. So, it's actually a really convenient dress rehearsal to have right before you fly to Houston week one. I can tell you this. Selfishly, as someone who goes to most of the preseason games uh, over the last – dozen years. I love covering the preseason games because they're usually at night. Mm -hmm. And so you go to a city like New Orleans and you do whatever when you get there. You can go have a dinner, but you also either can get a lot of work done during the day, maybe take a walk around the city a little bit. Sure. People, people are always like, hey, you go on the road, that's great. It's like, yeah, the road's great, but you're literally on the road for like the dinner you know, the four hours once you land. You get in at 6 o'clock and then you're yeah. probably back in your hotel by 10. And, you know, whatever work you're, by the way, doing for the TV side of things, you go grab a dinner somewhere. That's it. Like, you don't really see the city. It's dark most of the time. <laughs> but on a preseason game, it's very nice because that game's not until later. You get to walk around the city a little bit, uh, see what's up. And we've been to good spots before, too, new places like Minnesota where you practice a week. Mm -hmm. uh, new Orleans will be a spot this year. I guess to piggyback that, uh, do you think they'll practice with another team? Will Urban Meyer do that? Do you think there's a benefit of that new coach coming in? Do you think he'll he'll try to do that? Um, Doug Marone was a big fan of it. it I know Joe Collins was Jack, a big fan Jack of it. Jack Del Rio has been a fan of it. Yeah, Collins. I know uh, Joe is Collins was a big a fan, fan of it. Of it. Well, he was with Baltimore with yeah. the Jags, and not that it was Collins' call in the role that he was in, but still, yeah. he's been around programs where they were fans of it. Yeah. I would think yes, but I just don't know in this climate if teams are willing to go there. Yeah, I mean, you know, once again, with COVID-19, it seems like we're on the back end of it. Um, I don't know what the, the protocols would be like. Uh, yeah. I really don't know, because they didn't have it last year, obviously. No, no, well, there's yeah, no yeah. preseason, Yeah, right? no preseason last year. So, um, and if I was yeah. going to give you one, who would you rather practice against if you had the opportunity? Cleveland, come here and practice for a couple of days. Go to New Orleans, practice for a couple of days. Yeah. Or go to the Cowboys, which, by the way, is probably very unlikely, given the timing of that. I don't think they'll go practice against somebody oh. that late. I mean, but imagine Trevor Lawrence and then during that preseason week just throwing against that Cowboys secondary, <laughs> yeah. getting all. All the confidence, <laughs> getting all the confidence that he can handle. No, if it's up to me, um, I'm going Cleveland Browns all day because to me it's comparable to what Baltimore did. That would have been two years ago. Now, yeah. Baltimore didn't really run what they're going to run during no, the they season. Did. They were kind of unhappy yeah, with that. But in terms of like a physicality <laughs> standpoint, like that's that's what you want to gauge more than anything, right? Because you're not going to show your complete hand uh, in, in these cross training practices. I've been through a couple of them. 
the teams never show their hands. Yeah. But what you get a sense of is, hey, we can stick with these guys. Or, hey, hey our defensive line is going to be really solid because their offensive line is pretty good, and we're crushing them right now. So from a confidence standpoint, to see where your team is uh, from a physicality standpoint, I'm going Cleveland Browns all day because I feel like they have that brand of football. That's interesting. Especially yeah. on the offensive side. Of the I, I would say so, too. I think that fits. The problem is that that's home. Do they want to do that? Do they feel that the Jacks seemingly have gone on the road more than hosted those things? Sure. At, at least since I've been here. Yeah. Uh, they had the Falcons here one time. They had they the Bucks here one time. But I feel like Minnesota and Baltimore and Atlanta and I'm, I'm I think I'm even leaving a couple out. So they got two chances, basically. You have Cleveland here for a couple days if you wanted to do that, or you go to New Orleans for a couple days. We'll see if the Jags – that usually is relationship-based. Urban Meyer does a good relationship with Sean Payton. Uh, Does he have a relationship with someone with the Browns, Stefanski, or somebody else? Obviously, his hometown is not too far. Uh, But, again, Cleveland would be down here. So uh, keep you posted on that. No news on that, uh, but it's an interesting thought, at least, in the preseason. More Jags talk coming up. What to expect at OTAs tomorrow when we get a chance to see it out there. That is on the way. Coming up live from Baker's Sporting Goods. Come on out. Say hello. Beer until 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, Then I said... Still looking for his fourth career sack. Austin Lane. I'm spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. <laughs> I sit here before you right now, and I am surprised. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I think something that's cool is moving on to the NFL is, you get, you know, I get to represent the team. And that's something I don't take lightly. And there's a whole lot of people working their tail off to to be ready for this season and to represent this team the right way. And I just want to be an extension of that. So I don't take that lightly. And that goes, you know, from media to on the field to meetings, all those things. It's, it's the same thing. That is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence in his partnership with Gatorade national sponsorship, New York folks flex. Uh, helping hand out the Gatorade Player of the Year in the last 24 hours or so. What and is Zach Wilson handing out? The, I, the, the the all sport Player of the Year? Uh, taco of the Week. The Taco of the Week. The the Chipotle Hungriest Player of the Year. Sweet. Could be a thing. I'm sure it could be. <laughs> uh, OTAs for the Jags today. OTAs again for the Jags tomorrow. And we talked a little bit about this, what we could see out there. I, I mentioned on Monday probably like five things. Uh, Tebow's going to be one. Trevor Lawrence is going to be one. We mentioned ETN a little bit. I even think full participation. What does that look like? What does that even mean? Does that mean five guys are missing? Does that mean one guy's missing? Does that mean 15 people are missing? And that's still pretty good. I think we'll get a better sense of that uh, tomorrow when we're out there to see it. Uh, the... You know, C.J. Henderson to me is is very interesting, uh, and, and Tyson Campbell. Mm-hmm. Now, Campbell might not even be going, or at least going full go because of uh, he got dinged up a little bit in that rookie mini camp. So, you know, who knows what we'll see? It, it's certainly ripe for over dramatizing anything, but there are, you're you're out there, and so what's going to catch your attention? That's what I always say. It's like you know when you you go out to a training camp practice or a practice for the Jags, there's so much going on, especially if you're not going out there every single day. Uh, this time of year, you're like, okay, where are my eyes going to take? Well, here's what they usually do: they don't take you to the trenches. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, yeah, I, I hear mean, you. you do maybe. Oh, I mean, that's me, exactly where I go. 
because I'm doing it's breakdown videos. Very hard to figure out a lot of times, especially this time of year, what the offensive linemen are really doing, even what the defensive linemen well, are really doing, what running first, backs are doing, what I mean, linebackers are doing. Brent, let's be fair here. When you say trenches, I'm not referring to the offensive line. <laughs> could, could, and with all due respect to them, because you need them to win, but probably the most boring group to watch during OTAs and training camp. You're looking at the first step. Yes, yes, it's the first step. And not the the first step of uh, offensive line. No, no, you know, those those anchor steps and all that. No, man, we're all good. I'm looking at the first step in hand violence with the defensive lineman. Yeah, so the, the, but obviously, where does your eye, your eyes go to a couple of things, and that is usually the quarterback, usually the pass catchers, Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore the corners, because they're sometimes one-on-one with the receivers. So uh, it's... It, it becomes very much like a seven-on-seven seven game <laughs> yeah. that, that your eyes usually go to. Uh, but I think the whole feel of it, what's that going to be like? You know, got a little glimpse of that in the rookie minicamp, but with everybody there, what's the buzz? What's the mood? What's the tempo? What's what's Again, I, I keep saying I'm just as interested as the coaching staff, and there's a lot of players to be interested in, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to hear Joe Cullen again on, on that <laughs> field, right? Uh, so, hey, hey I, just tell him to pace himself. It's, not a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> I don't think there's any such thing. I mean, the, yeah, the, the guys get some kind of throat lozenge endorsement or something, man, because I guarantee uh, a training camp starts up by week two. He's going to be hoarse. He's going to be shot. We know what the most over-talked-about thing will be coming out of practice tomorrow when the media is invited. That's Tim Tebow. Yeah. All right, so that's easy. Uh, what should we be looking at early on that might tell us a little bit something that could happen in 2021 or in the season that maybe we will probably ignore overlook in your history of playing in this part of the year yeah. was there anything that you often would figure out about your football team internally that you could yeah. tell like at this time because again i mean very much could be kind of that underwear and shorts feel to it not going <laughs> to be a lot of you know popping and violence out there I, I would think this time of year and i think that's intentional on the players part and what the coaches and players have worked out and it's already by nature like that a little bit because of OTAs. So what was it that maybe you figured out so, during your playing days that, that was valuable this time of year? Because I think you can argue this time of year isn't that valuable. No, for sure. From a player, though, it's very valuable for a couple of reasons. Now, OTAs and, you know, like the off-season program when you're back in the stadium, man, it's it's hard to get a good vibe of where you stand on the team, right? Because, for instance – like when I was in Chicago, Jared Allen was there. Now Jared Allen was doing, you know, he I mean he's a what, he was like a 10-year veteran. So like he didn't have to come to every single practice. He didn't have to do every single drill, do every single workout things like that because he's he's earned that and we all respected that. But like then obviously when Jared Allen's not at practice, well then someone's got to get elevated in a starting role. So then like I I'll be I'll, then I'll be like either a starter or a backup to Jared Allen. So then I'd get like a lot of starting reps. So like I kind of gauge, okay. I mean they seem to like me, even though Jared Allen's not here. I'm getting the starting <laughs> reps. And I think that, and then all of a sudden Jared Allen comes back, and you, and you find out where you stand real quickly. Well, that's what a lot of players are gonna go through here during this OTA session. Because now, once again, it's not in stone. Injuries happen. Um, players get elevated. Players get benched. All this type of stuff. But this is gonna be your first indication of where you stand on the roster. Um, and, and more specific, you know, like, obviously Trevor Lawrence knows he's starting the quarterback. Uh, you know, there's positions that are already locked up. DJ Chark, uh, you know, defensive lineman party already got their place. But a guy like Taven Bryan. You know, if you're Taven Bryan right now, it's a new system. Um, it's an entirely new coaching staff. So, like, where do you fit? 
You know, are you going to be the, the second string guy? Are they going to have you in the third string? So it's things like that, once again, depending on participation and how many guys are there. But if you're, if you're close to full capacity, you're going to get a good idea of, number one, what this team thinks of you from the get-go, and maybe, number two, where you're going to start on, on this depth chart. Once again, you can always go up and down, but if you're a third stringer, odds are you won't be starting by the time game one starts against Houston. That's a great point. You know, I think there's a couple – that's a really good point. Uh, internally from a just a one-player perspective. Just hone in on one player and kind of in their micro world look at, okay, where am I in this on the rep sheet? Correct. You know, yeah. uh, am I going with the ones, twos, threes, the fours, it's the, the sevens? biggest thing you're asking. Well, <laughs> I, I know it's funny, too, and this is so cliche, and I'm probably, like, you know, giving a little too much dirt out here, though, but every single coach, I guarantee you, whether it's position coach, whether it's Urban Meyer, don't worry where you are on the depth chart right now in OTAs. All right? doesn't mean anything. We're just going to plug and play, guys. Absolutely. This doesn't mean anything. Spoiler alert, it means everything. Because yeah. think about it. These guys have been going over this depth chart, have been going over the roster now for how long? So you mean to tell the players that, hey, you know what, guys, it's not – this is just – we're just throwing guys out there. Ah, yeah. We don't you know where everybody stands. Just, hey, just don't worry about it. Completely random. Oh, it's completely random when DJ Tariq and Trevor Lawrence – you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not how it works. Uh, and you shouldn't be that naive. So, like I said, Brent, it does mean something to find out where you stand uh, that first OTA. That's it's, – it's a really good point. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because there's another part of this that sometimes happens, and I don't know where Urban Meyer will stand on this. Old school coaches especially don't want to just hand young players, rookies, freshmen in college, hand them anything. True. Even though we all know Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick and the starting quarterback at day one for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they don't want to hand guys like that Yeah. anything. So, well, they make them compete. Well, they have to go into it's, uh, the second team or the third team. Is Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew going to get a rep first? I don't think with this situation Trevor Lawrence will be treated that way. And I think it's important for him not to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Not to put him on a pedestal. But this is the guy. This is, this why is you're the here. guy in Jackson. Urban Meyer. This okay? is why you're here. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think the team needs to know that's the guy. Let's not muddy this up with some old coaching philosophy, okay? <laughs> He's the guy. Build everything around him and let him earn the respect as quickly as possible. Now, again, he's coming off non-throwing shoulder surgery. So mm-hmm. how much he can do anyway, this might not. This might be a little bit of, of a moot point. Mm-hmm. But you get my point. You no, know, starting look. camp especially, you have a chance for this young player who could be a franchise-changing player, mm-hmm. who is the franchise player right now, to set a bit of a tone. I don't need to see Trevor Lawrence third on the depth chart just because he's a rookie is my point. No, well, and that's the thing, too. That's all, you know – semantics more than anything and i'll be honest with you it drives me a little crazy because all that you should worry about is what the guys in the locker room think all right and right now the guys in that locker room they know trevor lawrence is the guy you can go ahead and say he's got to earn his spot and all this stuff but come on man like you're dealing with professional athletes who have played the game for a very long time they know they know as soon as you drafted trevor lawrence he was the guy he has to be the guy. So to me, going through the whole formality of it, of like, oh, he's got to earn a spot right now. He's second string because C.J. Beathard's first string. Like, no, I mean, I get the optics from the media and stuff, but you're not doing those guys in the locker room any favor. And I think the same thing can go for Travis Etienne as well, yeah. where you can say, well, Travis Etienne, he's got to earn a spot. You know, he's got to earn his reps. Okay, but you also drafted him in the first round. Yeah. All right, and you also said how much you like, you, you you were excited to have him there. So, like, the guys in that locker room, which would be the most important thing, they know what's up. 
you don't got to put on a facade and fake it. Well, I think ETN's probably in that same breath as Lawrence from what you just said. Yeah. Listen, we we spent a lot of real estate on this guy. Sure. We're, we're going to utilize him. Yes. You know, I don't care if he's 20 or 40. Mm-hmm. We're utilizing him. We're believing him. We're invested in him. I do think it's a little bit different, even though they're invested in guys like Campbell, guys like J2 Felly. Obviously, Walker Little coming off the last couple of years kind of naturally has to earn it back anyway, shake off the rust. But like, that's where the old rookie thing, earn your spot on the depth chart, where there's already a bunch of veteran presence yeah. where they brought in on that defensive line. I think Tufeli is a great example of a guy that you can go to that old-school coaching philosophy of, hey, you're going to start right here, man, and it's up to you to climb yourself up that chart. Well, exactly, and that's where guys, you know, like, for instance, let's just take Cisco, for example. All right, Cisco coming off the injury, but one could think, well, he might be a starter uh, later on in the year. But, like, Jared Wilson watched that draft, and he was like, all right, man, good luck to you. You know, like, I mean, I'm not giving you my spot. you got to earn this spot. Good luck to you. But, like, if you're Gardner Minshew, if you're C.J. Beathard, even if you're James Robinson, you know, all right, man, well, something's going to change, right? Even James Robinson knows this, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I mean. I'm not getting 93% I, of the no, carries. No, no, right? and he understands it. No, he still might be the starter of week one. You know, he's still, he's still getting his maybe the lion's share of the reps. But even when James Robinson, you know, saw, was watching that draft, assuming he was watching it, and he saw Travis Etienne go where he went, it was like, all right, man, come on it, but I know something's got to change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's – yeah, it's a fascinating part of the process. I, I think this is kind of changed by that, that old school mentality of, of, keep in mind, there was a time when freshmen couldn't play in college. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't even that long ago, yeah. but they couldn't even play. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and now it's almost like if you don't have freshmen that can play and contribute right away, you're probably not a contender big time in, in like college football or college basketball. True. I mean, your better players are coming up behind these other players. Like, I've said that in high school. I think it's definitely the case in college. And I think there's immediate impact guys in the NFL. We're seeing that. We're seeing guys like Justin Herbert come in and, boom, play right away. Mm-hmm. Impactful. We're seeing young players like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, MVP guys in year two. And that's just the quarterback position. You know it, it goes through uh, every other position, too. So well, look what Wurst did for Tampa. No, uh, for th- sure. Do they win the Super Bowl without that kind of performance? Uh, from Tristan Wirfs last year on the right side. You could argue they don't. I yeah. mean, he was that good for them. Well, yeah, no, without a doubt. And that, that goes to show you, I mean, especially in that first round. Like, listen, back in 2011, when I was coming off of a 2010, when I think where I started like, I think it was seven or eight games, I was watching the 2011 draft, and I knew names like J.J. Watt. And I knew names like Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. And you better believe I was, you know, I, I was waiting knuckling my remote because I'm like, okay, if they bring one of those guys yeah, in, yeah. Aaron Campman, J.J. Watt, Aaron Campman, Ryan Kerrigan, Austin Land's going to be on the depth chart. That's interesting. This is the way it goes. But then what happens? They take Blaine Gabbert. And I'll never forget it. Aaron Campman, after they took Blaine Gabbert, texts me. He goes, I bet you're breathing a sigh of relief right now. And you go, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, man, because we're not getting Kerrigan. We're not getting Watt. My position's safe for another year. Now. In retrospect, maybe they should have got J.J. Watt. <laughs> maybe they should have got Ryan Kerrigan. But shout out to Gene Smith for holding it down for me yeah, for another year. Gonna say, glad you could feel good. Shout no wonder good. why you bought that first round for Gabbard out of the beach park. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, man. It comes out of a lot. around here. I, I owe him a lot. What, what can I say? I owe him a lot. Yeah, you know, that's a great story. been around you for a few years now, and I hadn't heard that. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting take on that. But, I mean, we well, all talk about of it. Of course like, you. Why players talk you, about right? it. Right? Yeah. I mean, but you, you said it, too. I mean, the guy, I think, I still don't believe James Robinson has a, I think James Robinson could really embrace it. Like, hey, I'm going to stay fresher, be even better. We could be a good tandem back there. I could have, 
Jared Wilson, I don't think he's saying that. Jared no, Wilson no, has no. been around. It's like, well, they might not believe in me then. They don't believe in my time. My days are numbered. i got to go put on a show. Correct. And that maybe inspires you. Maybe he plays really well. Mm-hmm. You know, my belief, I think Jared Wilson's a, a good player. Like, yeah. I just don't think, I don't think he's a great player. Yeah. I think he's a good but, player. Yeah, but I don't think Jared Wilson ever thought, well, my job's up for grabs this year. Uh, I still think he has the confidence where it's like, this guy's going to have to earn it over yeah. my abilities. Made the better man win. No doubt. Yeah. And, and especially, you do have to remember, Cisco is coming off an injury anyway. So yeah. even if you think that's happening, you don't even know if he's going to be ready. He's coming off an injury that's an ACL. Correct. And I believe when you come off that injury, just because you're cleared to play doesn't mean you're going to play like you used to play. Correct. It takes a little bit of time. We've seen many examples of that. Hey, we're live at Baker's Sporting Goods right off Beach Boulevard. Come on out. Say hello. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. Part of the Dream 18 card, you can purchase it on ESPN690.com. You get a free shirt from Baker's Sporting Goods. All you have to do is go to ESPN690.com. 45 bucks. It's the best deal in town, and Father's Day is on the horizon. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Just for me, what's been big is just to always be yourself. Uh, don't try to meet any expectations that anyone puts on you and when you go to a new place there's gonna you're gonna feel that pressure to to do more and try to be something that you're not and you just don't have to do that you know you can be yourself and um just go to work those those are the main things that i told him that's trevor lawrence as he handed out the gatorade player of the year of high school football trophy if you will via zoom (laughs) that's the way he got done but uh, And then commenting on other football topics uh, as well. Brett Morton, Austin Lane, here at Baker Sporting Goods until 6 o'clock tonight. Baker Sporting Goods, part of our Dream 18 card. You can find it on ESPN690.com. Best deal in town, folks. Go check it out, ESPN690.com. Just 45 bucks. And if you do that, you get discounted golf. You get free stuff and included a free shirt from Baker's Sporting Goods with that Dream 18 logo on it. Uh, Sunshine and Rainbows segment of the show. Brought to you by A1A Solar. And how about this? Adam Venatieri retiring. Good for him. That's sunshine and rainbows. Absolutely. Good for the rest of the league, probably, although <laughs> the skills were starting to you know, dwindle a bit, as you might think, as he approaches almost 50 years old. <laughs> it was like him and Brady were going at it to see how long they could, they could stay in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Adam I mean, Venatieri, without question, oh, a Hall of Famer. Come on, Brent. Come on, first ballot. Is he without question the greatest kicker of all time? I mean, he's Is he up just there, the yeah. most clutch say, kicker of all time? I mean, for for as much as he won, I would probably call him, yes, the greatest kicker of all time. I mean, there, there are first ballot kickers, right? It doesn't matter the position. Uh, yeah, I don't – I should know my kicker yeah. Hall of Fame I mean, maybe we're missing better. out on somebody. But I just feel like if there's he's no the doubt best, he's going, I think he would be a first ballot. I think he's the, the first, best to ever do it at the position. Yeah, I think the first ballot part of it will come down to who's he on the list with, right? I mean, if yeah. he was on, you know, with Brady and so and so and so and so and so and so, are they going to put a kicker in? Maybe they do. You know, I, yeah. I don't know, but uh, he's obviously not going to be on with Brady. But my, my point being, I think yes, I think it's a, he's a no-brainer guy. But the kicker position is certainly diminished in the view of the sport versus the rest. I mean, there's a big gap between the kicker position and everybody else. No, without a doubt. I agree with that. I mean, probably only has it worse as the punter. Um, You know, I I think, I mean, 
if we're talking about the, the best of all time or the greatest of all time, and he is the GOAT of kickers, then, yeah, regardless of who's in that Hall of Fame class, I think he has the right to be. Because he, if he's the best of all time at that position in the NFL, then, yeah, so be it. Let him first be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Here's some of the numbers, okay? Venetieri, number one scorer in NFL history, mm-hmm. 24 seasons, four-time Super Bowl champ, three-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. I would have thought that would have been more. Three-time Pro Bowler, that was it. Hmm. Uh, he holds the NFL all-time record for most points ever scored, 2006-73. Field goals made, total games played, consecutive field goals made. And, as Field Yates says, the most clutch kicker to ever play the game. I mean, you just say, I was at the Super Bowl. I wasn't at the – I was actually back in studio when I was working in Providence on the Raiders' snow game. Okay. But, obviously, that goes down as – a ridiculously good, big, clutch kick. Mm-hmm. N- none, I don't know if the dynasty happens without that. Maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. True. And then I was on the field with a camera in my hand when Venaturi kicks the game winner against the Rams and upsets him. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was huge. And then he did it again. And then he would kick big-time field goals. And he even kicked big-time field goals for Indianapolis. But I think we'll remember him as a Patriot, even though he played just as long, if not longer. He actually might have played a little bit longer with the Indianapolis Colts. So we're talking 24 seasons, was it? 25 24. seasons. 24. 24. I mean, just imagine, guy, because, you know, the, the kickers are always interesting. And, and, you know, like Josh Scobie or Lamb will be the first one to tell you. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're called upon and they're relied on a, a lot. But, like, in the locker room, you know, they're kind of left to their own devices a little bit, right? Because let's be honest, the, the, the practices, they're not as strenuous as a position of isolation. As it is a position of isolation. <laughs> but the thing about being a special teams guy, whether you're a punter or a kicker, is you, can, you watch a lot, you know, and, and you, you, observe, you observe from a distance. You stay out of everybody's way, but you watch from a distance. Think about in those 24 years what Adam Venateri saw, you, you know, like year in and year out. Like I always talk about how if I go back in a locker room now, everything's changed. And that's, you know, not even a, a, after a decade, everything just seems different. Imagine what Venateri saw in, for, in 24 years from when he came into the game, from exiting the game, just how much the culture changed, just how much the, the modern era NFL player changed. It's got to be a trip. I asked you this question, kind of said it in passing. Is it a fair question or not? Do you think the Patriots would still have been a dynasty if they didn't win that first one? Like, do you think, did that just spark everything? Give well, them the confidence? Yeah. Give Brady? Would they have gone back to Bledsoe if they didn't win the Super Bowl? Like, yeah. are any of these kind of things go take place? I wonder if it's a, can you rewrite history if Venetieri doesn't make the Oakland kick? Obviously, the tuck rule bailed them out anyway, mm-hmm. but... And then he makes the Rams kick, too. I mean, he won the Super Bowl for him that first time around. It's a great call because he essentially he was like that kindling that started the dynasty. But at the same time, I just feel like when you got Belichick, when you got Brady, they were eventually going to find a way to win regardless. Yeah. Now, Benetieri was a huge part of that, and he got things started. But you get the sense of, of greatness. Greatness always finds a way. Yeah. And Bill Belichick, greatness. Tom Brady, Obviously, greatness. I think they find a way. Yeah, and Venetieri is equally part of that greatness. Of I just wonder if it feels different if they don't win it that year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, and we don't know. We won't know. But uh, does it take on a little bit of a, a different way? Um, would be interesting. By the way, quick uh, story on uh, Venetieri. I told you this before, right? Is that my 21st birthday? Yeah, yeah, you're doing this, yeah. Uh, and by the way, it wasn't like he was drinking. With but me, no, but he, he but was dating. He dated uh, my sister. Yeah. For like a couple of months. I yeah. don't know how long. Yeah. And Did you ever so, talk to him? Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. at my house. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He was well, at my house that day. Yeah. And then the funny thing is, 
a year later or a couple of years later, I'm covering them in profit. That's insane. And like Just I'm think, interviewing man. them at the Super Bowl after Dude, they beat the Rams. You want to talk about how things could be different in New England? Imagine if your sister dated him for long, and all of a sudden he's teaching you how to kick field goals, Brent. Maybe you'd be in the, in the league still. I, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know what if whose fault it was, my sister <laughs> or him. But it could have changed my career. It could have changed I a mean, lot of trajectories. I blame, I blame my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Sorry I mean, to everybody how, who came after, but how, how old were you when she was dating you? That would have been I was, um, was my twenty first birthday. I remember okay. being there. Like I, my actual twenty first birthday, I just come back from college, yeah. and I wasn't doing that much like that night or yeah, yeah. at the time. But yeah, I remember being. I can that's picture awesome, it right man. now. Yeah, and then who knew what it would lead to down yeah. the road? Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane. wild. Yeah, it is a pretty wild thing. Uh, Sunshine and Rainbow is brought to you each and every day by A1A Solar. A1A Solar is looking for you. $70,000, a reasonable first-year expectation. Seasoned reps can easily make six figures. Leads provided as well. Go visit A1ASolar.com to apply. Be part of an awesome company. A1A Solar. Visit A1ASolar.com. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 live from Baker Sporting Goods.